Right, I'm gonna go. Hello and welcome to the Life Laundry Podcast. I am Gemma. I am Chippy. <laughs> she she almost did it. She almost did it. She's put the phone. <laughs> it was facing the ceiling so that she couldn't <laughs> see me. I put the phone down and then I chugged loads of water. And you know when you do that and then you get really breathless. I was like, oh no, I'm not going to be able to join in this week. So we're both, we're, both coming, we're both recording from different locations this week. It is Life Laundry on holiday. Life Laundry on tour. On tour. You've had a nap. I've had some wine. Oh, things could get messy. <laughs> the last thing we need is me on wine. Um... <laughs> That reminds me, my dog escaped earlier and I haven't seen him for a bit. I hope he's not. Oh. Anyway. Oh. I can hear woofing. Um, yeah, so you're in... Hampshire, in a, in a beautiful farmhouse. Which is my county of origin, my yeah. spiritual home. Are you in Hampshire now? I'm in... No, I'm in Stroud. Oh. I'm in Gloucestershire. I'm in the Cotswolds. Oh, I love it there. Jumping yeah. yeah. yeah it was really weirdly misty that day, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm sat in a bed. Um, in a super, You're in the office. Super king-size bed. Hold on a minute. Yes? No, I'm recording a podcast. Love you. Fine, Daddy. <laughs> Love you, fine daddy, love you, but Two different, so we're, in, we're filming from, recording, not filming, we're, we're, we are recording in two different locations. Um, but Can everyone who watched, who listened to last week's, tell me just how much they loved Gemma's similar impression? Well, the, I've also got a little snippet of you telling, which I've not put up yet. <laughs> oh no! Of you telling your, your Yorkshire accent. One of the little ones has wet themselves in fright. <laughs> With that was like literally the best thing out of that whole podcast. It was just we're going to do shame corner. Was we're, that... gonna, we're, we're launching this new thing. We're going to have confessions, right? And it's going to be airing your dirty laundry in because it sort of fits my in the life laundry thing. Um, I was so... telling my mum about that, and I said I was. I told Gemma, Gemma the other day about oh one of the little ones has wet themselves with fright and she said oh god that was so awful that was so embarrassing and I said yeah I told her on the podcast and she was like you didn't say it in public did you and I was like yeah yeah I'm shameless yeah so we're gonna <laughs> launch we're gonna have confession corner um so we'll probably be launching you need to tell us yeah you're shameful well it will be anonymous and we'll pick our favorite one and we'll like have Shame corner, airing your dirty laundry in public. I'll think of a nice jingle. Yeah, maybe <laughs> sung in the style of Scylla. How would yeah. Scylla sing it? But this week's topic is actually quite a tricky one. So last week was quite frivolous and light. Hearted. I can't remember what last week was. It was a. It was everyone's favorite. Get you know, get to know us. Oh yeah, that was nice. Was really fun to record. We didn't. We didn't answer Ali's question. Oh, Ali that's had a right. Really good one. It was would what you was be friends one? at school? And the short answer. So that, yeah, Ali, Ali is no. <laughs> 
I don't think we would have been, but we no. would have been in different years. Yeah, but even so if young. we were in the I same think. year, I think, I think. I don't think we were, because I think you were super spotty, right? Yeah, yeah. Were you, you were spot? I yeah. was pretty naughty. I was a prefect and on the committee, and I used to go for the, I used I, lunch with the headmaster and my other committee members. I would have been absolutely horrendous to you. You would have intimidated me, and I would have given you the widest berth. I'd have been like, oh, I had oh. piercings and a twenty-a-day smoking habit, and I used to. Uh, I once got told sent to the headmistress because of my friend Catherine. Um, put me in a shopping trolley at the top of the hill of the Salisbury where our school was and pushed me down it and we got seen by loads of people who then because we were in our school uniform then phoned the school and were like two girls throwing each other down a hill onto a road in the trolley whilst well, smoking bags and I yeah. never ever had a single detention I had loads I never went I was very philosophical that's how geeky I was <laughs> Would you do? I mean, I never went, and my mum used to say to me, "I've had a call from the school. You were supposed to be in detention." And I'd be like, "Yeah, but I just don't want to go." And she was like, "Well, that's not the point." And I was like, "Well, I'm just not, just not going to go." I was so terrified of authority that we we would just not. Have, oh. I would have been no. Because I was like, I'd be like, Chippy, we're here to learn. I remember I had a conversation with my friend once who was a bit of a tear away, and I was like, "We are at school to learn." We weren't very friendly. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, but you, if you, were you kind? Yeah, yeah. But I, I liked kind people. I also did that thing where I was like, I never really belonged to a particular group. I used to float. So I used to like. Oh, I floated by myself, but I did have, I had one very good friend. I had, I had very good friends, really. but we never really fitted into a category. Uh, but now I was just, I was the proper, I was. I wouldn't have done any anything wrong. I'd you'd, I'd have driven you mad, driven you mad. Yeah. So we there you go, Ali. No, we wouldn't have been mates. But I think that is one of the joys of adulting. Yeah. Because we always complain about. Well, I always complain about all the stuff you have to do when you're a grown up, like money and bills and parenting and getting the car fixed and buying a really ugly roof box for the car. That's my latest bugbear. But actually, being friends with people that on paper you shouldn't be friends with, yeah, is is nice because you are genuinely friends with them because you like each other. Like one of my besties and I are so different in opinions that we have a whole list of subjects that we can't discuss. I mean, we're literally like, let's never discuss this because we'd have a massive falling out. Um, can you hear, can yeah. you hear that rattling? Yeah. Think is that Benjamin? No, that's the door window. Shall I shut it? He's clear. It's me. I can't be. I come home. So that's your answer. We are recording. I'm still going. (laughs) (laughs) Our topic today is I can't. How do you put it in a sentence? Body image, self image, body positivity, and self image, and especially in the time of corona yes (laughs) Uh, yeah because it's quite the corona what's they call it the corona stone or the corona Uh, the the covid stone yeah i mean i don't i haven't weighed myself 
I haven't weighed myself in, I can't remember how long, years. But I just know. You know when you just know? Um, yeah. so you, yes. know you know, so, don't you? You can feel it in yourself if you put a couple, of few pounds on. Like everyone, I, think I, I had the opposite, actually. Oh. Um, I, I ha- had been eating quite healthily during lockdown. Um, but obviously I haven't been doing any exercise. Uh, and I actually thought I'd lost weight. And I thought this is great i'm going to be the only person during lockdown that actually loses weight and so i hopped on the scales oh no don't do that and that's when i had the crisis phone call with you and it was not good and i'd actually put on two stone from when i'd last weighed myself yeah but when was when did you last weigh yourself years ago yeah like a year before so Okay, so for people, this is, this is what I do, right? And it's a nice little top tip. So I know a lot of people can find weighing themselves triggering. I personally find weighing myself triggering. I used to weigh myself every day. Mm. Um, now, I know some people like to do that. For me, it doesn't work. Some people weigh themselves daily and then take a weekly average. Because obviously your weight can fluctuate every day depending on water, what you yeah. do, you've had a big poo. Time of the month. Constipated. Time of the month. So I am coming at this from an, an angle that I know that I need I know that I am not at my happy weight. I have a happy weight where I feel confident and you know I don't care if someone photographs me. And so psychologically yeah. that's bothering me because I put weight on over lockdown because I realised I could eat cheese again, which is partly your fault, Chiffy, because you're so good. I take products. Take full responsibility <laughs> so i basically spent the whole of lockdown eating cheese and reigniting my passion for everything that had dairy in it um so now so i don't weigh myself anymore i used to be quite obsessive about it i also when i was growing up i grew up someone very close to me um had an eating disorder so i am very aware of everything of how triggering it can be for people so i am mm. trying to talk about it and i and i think i'm almost too cautious because i don't want to offend anyone and do you know what so few people are happy with their weight it's a very difficult subject because it's triggering both ways mm. there are people who are overweight and there are people who are coming out of it or are in an eating disorder where eating for them is a real effort I remember eating with my friends who were recovering from eating problems and you know the sitting and eating is a real difficulty it's a really hard thing to do it is it is um and I think god there's just very few people I know my lovely friend Lucy actually who I shouldn't have been friends with at school but we were friends because we both loved the Beatles and we both had the same last name um and she's still one of my closest friends and she used to live in the south of France up a hill um and she used to walk everywhere she didn't drive for ages and she was always she was just always this beacon of someone who was just completely happy with the way they looked and that their weight and so but I think pretty much everyone else I know 
is unhappy with their weight in some way. Yeah, and I think it's very, it makes it very difficult to talk about because you know that there are so many people who are because like so I'm quite tall. I'm taller than the average woman. I'm just a a little bit off six foot, and I am extremely self conscious about that. I can't wear yeah. I can't wear high heels. I mean, because you know, I get annoyed about being short because and I was speaking to my mum about this actually because I'm about an inch taller than my mum. Um. And I was saying, God, being short, you sometimes feel less of a woman. And I don't mean that in any way other than less of a grown-up, almost. Because you're small. But I have friends who are just off six foot and six foot. And I think that's much harder. Because I feel really manly sometimes. I think it's really hard to be a tall woman. Because I think, and people comment about it. Oh, people God. Like, me, people comment about me being short all the time, and I was teased about being short all the time. But it feels more acceptable. Whereas my, when I hang out with my friends who are really tall, you get it a lot. Yeah. I think that must be really hard. Not so much now I'm older, but like when I was like in my late teens, early twenties and I'd go clubbing and like, like boys, adolescent boys, young men. You'd be taller than adolescent boys. Yeah. They'd be like, what's the weather like up there? God, you're tall. And like when I was in secondary school, I used to play netball and my team thought it'd be funny to call me the ho, 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 green giant. So, but I'm always very aware that the boys that I was, with I'm 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 aware I don't want to make myself sound like a complete twat but I'm aware that sometimes I will use certain things to manipulate people and I'm aware that a lot of men find smaller women attractive because they feel big and protective over you mm-hmm. and I've always played that card and I've always thought I would rather be short tall because I know how to play that card and I I've never met a man the same height as me. Do you know what I mean? I've never had that problem of, oh, I can't wear heels Whereas because I'll I, be taller than him. It's, it's nigh on impossible to play the vulnerable card when you're half a foot taller than <laughs> But also, on the other hand, now, um, so I used to wear heels all day, every day, all day, every day, and I've got bunions. And since having kids, I literally cannot my feet have changed my feet have gone up two sizes and I just they just hurt the minute I put heels on and part of that femininity and power that I felt came from wearing heels and now I can't do it and I feel very much like like I'm very aware of that do you know what I mean I feel like if I'm going somewhere smart like when we went to the Ritz yeah and i'll have worn flats and i feel hammered into the ground whereas you always look like long-legged and and chic because you're tall and i think it's quite hard if you're especially if so i've got a lot of friends who are my height five foot two ish five foot three who are thin if you're not thin skinny thin 
and short, it can be quite hard to make yourself look chic. Is that an unfair statement? Because no, I don't think, I don't, I don't, a, a heel or a length of lengthening in your leg yeah. can really change the way clothes look. Yeah. And that's why women wear heels. And that's what you have naturally, Gemma, without needing to wear the heels. Yeah. But isn't it funny, though? I mean, it's like having, it's like, it's, I guess it's you, you want what you, you, you always want. Uh, you yeah. But I, if you, if, if someone said you could be really tall, you could be, I don't know, because now I'd I, probably I be 5'11". I'd, I'd happily now be 5'11", but in my teens and 20s, no, yeah, I wouldn't because people, and because I guess I know I married a man who's six foot, <laughs> so it's okay. But yeah. like in your teens and 20s, also, when you're a teenage girl, the last thing you want is loads of people looking at you. You don't want to draw attention to yourself so, at happened, all. So what happened to me was I had to, so you had this persona that you went into like petite vulnerable look at you know i need protecting yeah whereas i thought right i'm tall and my persona was that when i was um a, you know a late teen early 20s was almost like i am this amazonian there's nothing mm. i can't do yeah i i am tall i um you know, I, I was, don't need you. I had, a, yeah, I had a very athletic body. I don't need a man. Yeah, and it kind of forced me to take that approach. Yeah, and to be fair, I still do it. I still get really cross whenever we have builders. Everyone's going to judge me awfully, and I sort of don't care. I'm just going to say that now. But when we have builders, I will do quite a lot of twiddling my hair and busting my eyelashes and I'm like oh this weird thing hasn't been working since we moved in and I just don't know how to fix it and then they're like oh I'll fix it for you little lady and I'm like no you can't possibly we are so clever and I'll do a lot of that and I'll get stuff fixed but then they'll end up they'll do something and they'll be like taking advantage of the fact they think I'm a woman and then I get really arsy about it and I'm like why are they treating me like this pathetic woman and Joe's like are you doing the hair twiddling again it's like fuck can't have it both ways oh, you can't have and it. that's the thing you force yourself down these alleys of like yeah. you can't play the little weak woman that needs protecting and then be really cross and when they protect it. you no yeah no so so I so I'm on this plan so I'm trying to not it's not any plan I mean like really all I'm doing is um not stuffing myself with cheese for most of August let's oh. try and do drink more water get more sleep um drinking more water is really important and getting sleep is really important oh, don't talk to me about sleep I got to sleep last night as the sun came up um, we were talking about this famous occultist uh, called Alistair Crowley Crowley Google it and I'm still reading the Zodiac and so I was reading all about this occultist and his weird haunted house and then I read about the Zodiac and then I just couldn't get to sleep I just lay there thinking about murderers and 
the occult and then the sun came up and then I nodded off so yeah sleep important what is your favorite part of your body um my ankles I thought you were gonna go <laughs> my eyes my hair no no I've never been happy with myself ever and I remember spending a lot of time at school being like if only I had good hair or a nice face or I was taller I used to think this or because I used to get teased for being short or I was taller or I had really long legs or mm. I had something if only I had that thing that everyone was like oh but she's got the best hair or oh but she's got the do you know what I mean and I never had any of that so I don't think there's any bit of my body that I'm okay with but my ankles are always quite trim. Well, I so think you've got beautiful it. eyes and I think you've got beautiful hair. <laughs> Thanks, Gemma. My yeah. hair's really come into its own in its 30s. It's amazing. Oh, thanks. Isn't it true, though? Isn't it true that these, when I, I had really bad acne when I was growing up? Yeah. It wasn't horrendous, but it was always there. It started when I was 11 and it stayed with you me. See, and that's the thing, my, I never had that. There are so many things that although, yes, it would be nice if it was like, Chippy's a bit weird, but she's got the best hair, or Chippy's a bit weird, but she's got lovely long legs, or she's got great boobs, or whatever. And I never had that, but I never had acne, didn't have to wear glasses. But I bet There's there loads of one. teenage stuff that I did get away with, and I think acne. I bet there was someone, because it was, was me in my school, mm looking at your skin going it's not fair mm, probably so I, I used to no for sure like i used to sit at night and i used to like get my fingers and i used to go if that wasn't there that wasn't there that wasn't there that wasn't there oh those would i be all right I'd, 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 everything would be all right those also i have to say literally covering my spots up with my fingers looking at myself in the mirror <laughs> it's awful that the, really the, my confidence the the thing I really took for granted, though, which I think has made myself ease, my life easier, was um, because the way I was about how I looked, um, I always got on really well with boys, which did make my life easier. But I didn't, not because they fancied me or anything, almost that they didn't. And it made, it, it's always made my... I didn't have that confidence problem with, with the opposite sex and I never have. And I think that's partly because I was never that happy with the way I looked, but I didn't have anything like, like spots. Do you know what I mean? Nothing in particular that they would necessarily find unattractive or I'd feel loss of confidence about, but I was like, they're never going to be interested in me because I'm just this short. Yeah. nothing person flat chested nothing person but it meant that I had very good male friends and I've always had a certain confidence like working with men standing up for myself in a male dominated area so there's that positive yeah but I mean god you, your skin now is amazing well, well it's not it's amazing. come on a, it's, compared, compared to 
this time last like no i first started using it was actually it all arrived christmas eve 2018 that was when i first started using your product recommendations right and i mean i'm not saying i'm not not, i'm not saying this chippy's not told me to say this it is literally well it has transformed my life because i can now eat but i think you'd also gone down i think things like acne i think i get so many people who come and sit in a chair for me to do their makeup and they will be like i've got awful skin and what they'll have is they'll have an area where they've got an acne breakout so they've obviously got active acne but it's very rare in women 25 plus for their active acne to be all over their face as it can be when you're a teenager they'll usually have patches mm-hmm. or a few really massive spots but what they actually have is beautiful skin with these breakout areas and I always say to them you've got really beautiful skin and they're like no 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 and I actually have a lot of people cry because they're like do I and I'm like yeah all you can see and they they always sit there and they're like it's so vain there's nothing I can do they're kind of resigned to it like there's nothing I can do unless I take antibiotic and it's a vanity it's a vanity to be bothered about and it's like no it's on your face it's on your face i've i've never had acne i've had um i had terrible breakouts all around my mouth when i was pregnant every time for the whole nine months i would have a patch of spots around my mouth and it got me down every single day every single day it would be the first thing i'd see when i looked in the mirror and i wouldn't look and think well the rest of my face is fine i'd look at that patch and think how awful it was and when i had had a searingly awful eye infection uh, last year that my entire eye closed up. Do you remember? It was awful. And I I wore an eye patch. And I wore an eye patch partly because I thought people would think I look so horrendous that it would be a bit gross for them. But also out of vanity because I couldn't wear makeup on that eye and it looked awful. And I was like, I don't want people to see that. I don't ever think that being bothered by stuff on your face that that bothers you is something that you should be you should chalk up to vanity no i think there are lots of things like i've had lots of people go i've got a horrible nose and i've thought i love your nose i think there are lots of things that we see on our faces that we don't like like i i think i've got no chin i think my nose is kind of weird and there's lots of things that, but I would never get them medically changed. So I'm not here being like, if it bothers you on your face, go and have a massive facelift. But like, if it's acne or if it's psoriasis or if it, do you know what I mean? You don't have to think, oh, I can't have it changed because that's vain. It's vain to think. No, and, and also like, if I went, if I had, so I have, have been to the doctors many times about my skin, many times. They always put me on antibiotics. They all, and then they tried to put me on Rakutane, which I didn't go on. Which actually probably wouldn't have helped your skin. Well, I just didn't want to go on. They scared the living daylights out of no. me. And they told me about it. Um, and, but I was basically, I was using nothing on my skin apart from 
soap because I was scared. Yeah, you were thought, you were terrified. I remember saying to you, "Let's get you get this moisturizer," and you were like, "No, I can't. I'm like, I don't use moisturizer." Moisturizing, and, and I'm going, and like, and I've got to do it on my neck and my delicatage. Yeah. Did you say it? Yeah, decoupage. Decolletage. Decoupage is something else. I know. If you stay in Hampshire long enough, you will end up doing decoupage. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, um, oh, did, is it in Hartford? Hereford, Hereford in Hampshire. Hurricane Hurricanes. Hurricanes. Have it ever happen? That's it. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, so I think it's important. So it's like, so I, so what's funny, I know I've mentioned that we've got a new bath in our house and then I can now see my body from a whole different angle. Hurricane. Yeah. But also, we, where, it's where I'm saying there's a shower. Where I'm saying there's a shower, I don't even know what my body looks like. Amazing, because where we're saying there's a shower, there's a full-length body mirror opposite the shower. Oh. Right, and it's got these yeah. weird spotlights. And the night we arrived, I undressed. I was like, "Fuck it up!" Like that, and I was like, "Oh, it's me." And I'm like, "You've had three children. You've had, You've three, had three children." children. Had three children. But there's a part of my body, so where I've had my cesarean, my cesarean scar, I now how I don't have the overhang like of skin. I have the overhang. Yeah. But I have a smile. And I think it's scar tissue. I've actually got feels... body oil that's gonna help with that. Okay. Oh well, anyway, I need to talk about that later. But I can feel it. It goes, it's like from my left, it's this it's obviously not the scar. But it goes from my left hip bone to my right hip bone and it's like that was never there before that was never there i think before. it's really difficult isn't it because we were talking about this before we pressed record as we often do chat before and we were saying talking about weight is very tricky um because you're in the public eye I'm five foot two. I'm dragging you into the public eye. It's dragging, it, kicking and screaming. <laughs> screaming. I'm five foot two. And if I say that I'm overweight, I have a lot of people going, no, 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 you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. And I know that for a lot of people, I'm not. For me, I am. And for you, you probably have to be very careful about what you say. Because, of course, we don't want to upset anyone. We don't want to make anyone feel bad. But also, it should be okay if you're feeling not yourself and bloated and uncomfortable and your clothes aren't fitting. And I don't feel healthy. I feel like something's not right. I think mine's more dietary, possibly. But you should be able to... I feel sluggish. I talk about it. Yeah. And discuss it. But also, I think that in in the UK and I think they're actually really good about this in France but I could be wrong they're not great about women's bodies after babies um because I have a shell um of a, of a tummy and I had a terrible problem with my stomach uh, a couple of years ago for about four months and I'm still recovering from it and I lost two stone in six weeks do you remember yeah and um I was really ill and they thought I had some horrible thing wrong with me but in fact I was fine um but even when I lost two stone in six weeks I still had I was skinny everywhere 
still had this shelf of a stomach. And so I went to the doctor and I said, look, I have, what is my, I can never say it, diastasis, recti, what, what is the gap from the three babies? Is this normal? Because I, at the time I was doing exercises, I was doing, I was running, I was doing core exercises. And she was like, no, that's just, that's just from having the kids. That's just how it is now. And I was like, okay, fine. Of course, I'm not saying everyone on the NHS should be given a tummy tuck. But <laughs> I was like, I just think, think it, it makes me feel really horrible about my body. And I know that there are, you know, I would have, I would have the slab over not having the kids. Of course, I understand everything that it represents but it makes me feel miserable when I see it because I get seats on the tube. It's baby shaped. And I sort of think there's a lot of things. I'm always banging on about this in my Facebook group as well, about women's health that we get lumbered with as it being, well, that's that, that's how it is. A bit like when you're in labor and you get looked at like you're insane if you want any pain relief. And that, you know what I mean? Like, but right, if the baby shelf is it. making you miserable, yeah, could someone talk you through the options rather than you having to go private? Or do you know what I mean? It'd be really nice if she was like, "Look, that's completely normal." After having three kids, here are some options that you could look into if it's really making you miserable. Because I think how you look at yourself. And, and that is something I don't have control over. And I think that's what's very hard when I see people with acne is that you feel like, like you felt like you had no control over it. Mm. And I don't feel like I have any control over the shelf. And no matter how much exercise I do, what exercise I do, what I eat, it's still there. And obviously loads of women have kids. So it's not like it's a rare thing. And you were saying about your, when we were talking about the boobs, the boobs episode, when I was saying it's very hard if you don't have boobs because my tummy is basically the same level of sticking out as my boobs, which I think makes me look pregnant. Um, whereas you were like, you're fine with your boobs, but you're not, it's your tummy that you... Yeah, so when I, so I had... My problem with it is that I've, I have never had, I never had a tummy. I always used to carry my weight on my bum and my hips and my boobs. And, and then, then you swam, which is very good for and I swam. shape. And when I looked at my body after I had Tom, my first baby, I remember he was probably about a month old. I remember just looking at it and crying because mm. I didn't recognize it. It had stretch marks. I've got really bad stretch marks on my tummy. My tummy wasn't flat like it used to be. I didn't understand it. My my whole shape changed. I didn't understand how to dress for my new shape. It was so I think what I said to Joe, I said, what really I think men will never understand or dads will never understand is that you can leave the house and no one knows you've had a kid. You're basically the same person as you were yeah in your teens and your 20s whereas I feel like myself in a fat suit Mm. I feel like someone has 
put me in a suit. Do you know what I mean? And that's not my tummy. That's not. And I'm the tops of my thighs have always been a danger zone. Uh, we, we were comparing thigh chafe the other day. Yeah, we you said know, the tops of my thighs. Not that pictures of us chafing. <laughs> Pray for us when it gets hot because the chafe is real. Um, you know, and I'm acceptable. I'm accepting of that. I'm like, you know, yes, it would be lovely if they weren't quite so lardy, but they are. And I'm okay with my bum and, and everything. But I'm like, I just feel like that is not my tummy. I don't have the control over it. Did you, being that it was after Tom that you created Tom and you were quite anxious... Did you get your tummy back? Did you, do no. you know what I mean? Did you fixate on it and get it back because you're Gemma and you don't do stuff by heart? No, well, I tried, but I couldn't because my diastasis recti was so bad that I never quite knitted it back together. And then I had Johnny and then it, it never really What's the age gap between them? Eight, two years. Eight, two years, 18 months-ish, yeah. Yeah, and then and then it never it's kind of just set at like a two centimeter gap, and then I got pregnant with Ben like many many years later, and then I had a cesarean. So like my tummy core is just shot to pieces. But what I think is interesting now is that I feel less in because I'm on social media. I feel so like okay. So when I the first time I went on telly on Good Morning Britain live telly, right. I sat in the makeup chair and the, like, someone else is getting the makeup done at the same time, a woman. And the makeup artist is like flitting between us. And she said to the woman, so I still had quite bad skin then. She said to the woman, you've got lovely skin. What have you got on? And she's like, nothing. I work, this is, I've got no makeup on. And she came to me, she went, mm. And it really, I'm bearing in mind, I was about to do my first live telly performance ever in like about 10 minutes. It really dented my confidence. And then I don't know who that, that was because I do know people who do make up for ITV, but. But she didn't mean to do it. It just came. No, but you shouldn't do it. There is nothing. I take this really seriously, as you can probably tell. I take it deeply seriously, partly because, as everyone knows, I think I mentioned it as much as I mentioned horses. <laughs> the reason I got into makeup was because I hated my face and the difference that I felt about my face from when I wasn't wearing makeup to when I was wearing makeup and that control that I had to make myself feel like I could make myself look the best version of me, the version that I wanted people to see. And I hate, I, you know, I don't like people seeing me without makeup. And yes, I'd love to be very super confident. And, and when I'm around the house with my family, I don't have a full face of makeup on. I'm not like Charlotte Tilbury, who takes her makeup off and puts on her bedtime makeup to go to bed in. I take my makeup off at night. My husband sees me frequently without makeup on and tells me how beautiful I am. So oh, you judge me. I'm not. I love I'm, I'm not. Yeah, Joe would happily. Head out of again. But also, Joe when I do a particular, like I did a purple smoky eye in the middle of the night on my Sunday night live with my group. And Joe was like, wow, your eye makeup looks amazing. So, you know, he's happy either way. But I think it's such, you're in such a position of, of vulnerability to have someone in your makeup chair. Because 
either they're about to have makeup on and they don't usually have makeup on or they have a specific way of doing makeup and you're about to do it differently or you know you're about to change their face quite often the mirrors aren't good or the lighting's not good they're sitting somewhere barefaced I think you do you know what I mean and that's why I always look at people who have acne skin I'm like you have really beautiful skin because 90% of the time you do it's just where your breakouts are that you're looking at and the rest of your skin is great oily skin is the best skin it doesn't age the same way it has you know it glows it looks fab yeah but, oily, then, you know. but then to add to really really kick me kick a woman while she's down after i did the interview someone who not you when i say someone who shall remain nameless i'm not i don't mean chippy Someone else in my life phoned me and didn't say, well done, Gemma. You were great. You didn't put yourself on live telly. First thing they said to me was, oh, it's true what they say, isn't it? The camera does put 10 to 12 pounds on you. Oh, and then what's happened is, this is, okay, they've probably never shared this before, but it's good. I might write a Where's... post about it. This is okay. a chestnut deep uniform. Okay, so, since, so since then, and then, and then not, that didn't start the trolling, but then as my account got bigger, more and more people started trolling me. More and more people had something to say about my skin, my teeth, my hair, my weight, literally anything, literally anything they had an opinion about it. And the real stubborn part of me, the real stubborn part of me, when these trolls were like, oh, Gemma's fat, or, you know, you could do with, you know, you considering you run a lot, you're a bit, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, F you, I'm not going to lose weight. Just, and I went the other way. Like, I'm going to eat what I want and I'm going to show you. So over the period of since I've been quite, had a large account on Instagram, I'd say I probably put on a, probably a stone and a half. Out of really? Sheer, out of sheer stubbornness. You know? So How le- bad is yeah. that? So, but now no, I'm it's not bad. It's not bad because actually... I felt like you you're, not gonna, healthily. you're not going to bully me into feel like, feeling like I into, need to simmer. And you're not, and as you said, you have a very close friend who had an eating yeah, disorder. So it's something. So that, you know that you know how those comments, if you were not mentally in a place that you're in, could have sent you on a very bad path. But now I've got to the point where I'm like, you kind of cut your nose off to spite your face a little bit here, Gemma. Yeah, but the corona, the corona <laughs> stone is... It's real. Is a fact. Um, but also, I always think you do eat quite healthily. Really. Yeah. I do. Um, whereas I, I noticed, think I don't eat that healthily. I, I noticed that, but it's, a, it's been the lack of exercise for me. Since mm. I've been ill. It's the lack of exercise. That's what's really kicked me up the bum. So... I'm not, I'm still not weighing myself. I'm just trying to look after my body and in a, and not, and just feed it and nourish it properly and not overeat. Cause I have been overeating cause I've just been basically bored. And then whatever so, weight it settles at, it settles at. I had some weird stomach thing. It could have been anxiety. Side note, anytime I have a weird stomach thing, it could always be anxiety um, during lockdown first couple of weeks and I couldn't eat for three days the only joy in lockdown was eating mm. i said to joe nothing else to not do. being able to eat is so boring there's nothing to punctuate the days there's just 
if you can't eat. And so, I, you know, I think, yeah, I would have loved to have come out of lockdown looking like, you know, Baywatch Pamela Anderson in the 90s. But that's not happened. But also, yeah, I just felt like my insides weren't working at an optimum level. And I, th I think I wasn't making great food choices. Just I mean, I started drinking. I don't really drink normally, but I started drinking during lockdown. I think a lot. I'd have drank. More. Yeah, so I'd have I'd have beer, and I think I don't handle gluten well. So I'd have beer because everything else makes me feel terrible. And do you know what I mean? I think we all slightly went for our comfort. Yeah, everyone did, and like foods way of making you feel better and because it was a it was and it's still not you know it's still pretty crapola isn't it yeah and, and but i've just eaten no like last night so i'm funny about chicken and last night my husband did a barbecue and he barbecued steaks so i had to, we, we marinated steak and then cut it into thin strips so we had that as a kind of nibbly startery thing then he did chicken and so I can't eat chicken from the barbecue. I can't. Um, yeah. I can't. Yeah. So I had so we went to the local shop and they had they didn't really have anything that I wanted to eat, but they did have smoked salmon. So I had a packet of smoked salmon. And actually, I mean I'm sure the salt con content isn't great, but I was like, actually that's just protein. That's quite that's that's okay. And I think normally I would have eaten like bread and cheese and stuff. And I think making better food choices. And one of the questions that we were asked was about talking about diet and, and weight and things with teens and kids. Yeah. Yeah. Which I've got fussy eaters. Mine are much younger than yours. I've got a really fussy seven year old. But. I talked to him a lot about um, the different food types. So I've always, so I remember he was very upset the last round of the injections he got, and I it, and wanted to know why he had them. So I was explaining to him it's like an internal armor, basically. And so I've always spoken to him about food in terms of like broccoli. He he hates all vegetables except for cucumber. But I'm like, you have to have broccoli because this is what it does and you need to have an and he sometimes says he wants to not eat meat we were talking about this earlier he doesn't want to eat meat but i'm like you therefore have to be good about eating other forms of protein because your body needs it um and so he's chosen to eat meat because he's so fussy but i'm like you need it you need to be aware of what you're putting into your body yeah um i think coming at it from a a health I think you need to be make them aware of what goes in and and mine are still at that skinny you know seven year old five year old chunky three year old phase but we don't really eat i mean i'd love to but we don't really eat takeout with them because they're so fussy so we haven't got to the stage where mm. they're older maybe go and have a mcdonald's after school do you know what I mean? Some kids will go and 
buy their own food. And I think that one, must be difficult. One thing that's really difficult that I noticed with Tom, so when he started secondary school, is the food choices that they make yeah. at secondary school. So it's, so it's like a normal cafeteria and there's no one policing it. There's no dinner lady walking around like they would necessarily do in primary school. And Tom's system is that they have like a credit card thing that you preload money onto. They swipe it and like, and, and then you can look at their food choices. And one week I went on and I know this, a lot of people will be the same. It's good that you can see it though. It was literally like muffin, milkshake, muffin, milkshake. There was no sustenance there. There was no, it was all empty calories. There was no, you know, nutrient. Yeah, yeah, when I say yeah. muffin, I mean like chocolate. I don't mean like a healthy brand muffin or anything like that. It was like literally the unhealthiest choice. And, you know, I said to him, you know, you have to fuel your brain. Like yeah. he's coming home from school and just completely lacking energy. And it's because you're not fueling. You at least have, yeah. now he's better. He'll have like a... A, a salad wrap and or a, a I think wrap. that's the thing I think it's very difficult so I've also got the the seven-year-old who's a fussy eater he also is the least interested in sport apart from me um although he did ride a horse yesterday and he loved it and he wants a pony so I stand by my everyone should just have some pony in the next field like, do you want me to get one for you I can bring one back yeah Okay, I'll just get bring one, one over. There's a, there's a white one, um, uh, a, like a Karen's going to get hold of. Did you hear Karen was like? Karen was like, I'm pretty sure I can get you one. Work yes. out where you want to put it. Yeah, yeah. and then like a, a brown and um, white apple one. Oh, that's nice. A skewbald. That's cool. Yeah. I, I could get one of them for Chippy. I was looking at the horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can I smuggle it in my suitcase? Um. <laughs> So it's very difficult for me because I'm, I mean, we, he runs up and down the stairs. He runs around. He's very active, but there is no sport that he will do. And so I think with kids, it's that thing of getting them to a stage where, where they make their choices. They know what choices they should be making. doesn't mean they're going to make them, but it's knowing that you need to, like you were saying about Tom you need to fuel your brain and your body and although it's really nice to have this magic card with money on it bottomless and you cash. can buy yeah you can buy milkshakes actually you won't feel great and yeah. you need to make some and it's all part of growing up isn't it it's like the first well, it levels all... of responsibility is responsibility for yourself exactly and who so Georgia has put here um me and my husband have realised that we buy a punnet of strawberries and raspberries with our food shopping nearly every week. But neither of us have eaten a strawberry or a raspberry for well over a year. We give them all to the kids. Mm. Why is it that as parents we feel we're not really worthy of the lovely, healthy, pricey food and we spend copious amounts of stuff? So I suppose with clothes, people do it with clothes. They yeah. So much money on clothes for their kids. And so many people have agreed with her. Like Nicole has said, I couldn't agree more. I make the kids bowls of fruit every day. Yet you'll find me quickly eating a biscuit or three an hour later. I have got no idea why. I just feel like I should save the good food. For no, I think, well, so I don't eat fruit. So my husband very nicely, since Joe, as usual now we know, 
makes me a smoothie every morning. I'm very fussy about fruit, but he makes me a smoothie that's usually got strawberries and raspberries and blueberries or some mix of those, mint, ginger, bit of orange juice and water. Nice. Sometimes some oats. Yeah. Uh, some spinach. And because I don't eat the I don't eat breakfast, that's my breakfast, my smoothie. Um and I know loads of people are like, don't drink your calories, but I don't eat fruit. And when I say I don't eat fruit, I do not eat any fruit. So I feel like that's my shot of fruit and veg for the day. Um, and I don't know why I didn't do it before, but it was because this, you know, oh, it's expensive to get a smoothie maker. And the ones I like are raspberries and blueberries and strawberries. And, yeah. and it's like that's really good for you and actually your kids see what you eat and will eat it um it's, it's interesting actually because I remember speaking to someone I don't know I always get confused between psychotherapist therapist anyway it was a therapist ilk right and they yeah. said your inner voice your inner critical negative voice is very often the voice of your most critical parent so everyone, yeah. everyone who, you know, who was lucky enough to grow up with, you know, two parents or, or whatever, like if, if you had one parent generally that was more critical than the other, right? And I think we all know, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I know who it is, you know, most people will in that situation go, yeah, and that becomes your inner voice. Yeah. So, you know, if you get dressed and you're like, you can hear that voice going, no, that's too tight or that doesn't look right on you or whatever. And it's the same with food. My critical parent, my inner voice is don't waste food, don't waste food. You must eat everything that's on your plate. So I tend to overeat past, that's my window, I'm so sorry, past that satiated feeling. Yeah. Because my critical inner parent is going, don't waste food. Yeah. Whereas... I feel like mine is watching every single thing that goes into my mouth. Yeah. And will then tell me that's why I'm fat. And actually, I think it's probably quite good. I'm not mentally predisposed towards stopping myself eating because that's not a healthy way to be. So that inner parent, that inner critical voice is, is, it, it becomes hardwired into you. And like I, did it yesterday. I was driving to the supermarket with Johnny. I forgot Johnny's mask. And I was like, straight away, my brain kicks in, stupid bloody woman, what are you doing? Didn't you know he has to have a mask? I could hear it in my head. Yeah. And, I, and I was like, what are you doing? Just stop. It's no big deal. It's a new thing. And like it's not like... Out at, the, at the supermarket, before you go in, there's a massive, big thing of masks to sell. Well done, Hampshire. Hampshire. But you know, Hampshire for the win. And, and I, but I could hear that critical voice. And I think so many of us, it might not even be a critical parent. It might have been a bully at school. It might have been an ex-boyfriend or an ex-girlfriend. Or Also, ex-partner. though, I had, oh God, yeah, the, the, the abusive exes. Mm. have a lot of power. There's a very interesting book that talks about how that is, you know, a habit and a muscle and needs to be switched. And so if you hear that voice, you need to acknowledge it and then shut it down. And also, Just be like, and oh, I'm, I see your voice. 
Yeah, the masks is a new thing. I'm actually a very good mum, and we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, and it's not a big deal. Yeah, you know what I mean. You've got a. And I think it's yeah, and also, and I'm really bad at this, but treating yourself like you would treat your best friend. Yeah, which nobody does. But nobody does. No, we're all vile about ourselves. Exactly. Um, so I think it's it's a really tricky subject. It's and it's almost it's impossible. It's impossible to unpick. And I think what I hope is that what I hope to get across in like when I'm talking about this on Instagram, it's not on my main one. It's on my other one. Is that I'm trying I'm trying to do this in a holistic way so that I just feel happier because my self-confidence and my mental health suffers if I don't feel happy in my own skin. And I think going by the fit of your clothes mm. is a good one. Yeah. If your clothes feel, although, I mean, I've just bought loads of floaty dresses that I could be 10 months pregnant in. <laughs> I also pegged you. I never, you know how some people will keep that dress or those jeans? Yeah, I don't. I no, I throw them away. It's like you can hear them torturing you from the wardrobe. I actually did that. That was something I did at the beginning of lockdown because I sort of did a semi boot camp, uh, run out, ran out of steam, but went through my wardrobe and I was like, get stuff that fits you now. Yeah. And hopefully it will be a bit baggy yeah. eventually, but then actually stuff looks quite nice a bit baggy yeah do you know what I mean a t-shirt that's quite loose fitting it looks fine there's no need to be holding on to these size eights slim in the hopes yeah it's just like no get something and then judge you know I'm not going to have any more kids so I'm not going to have that massive body change again so then from now that's going to be the clothes that I put on that I judge, you know, oh, that's a bit tight or that's looking great now. Um, because, yeah, hopping on the scales made me feel rubbish. But I think treat, that's the thing. The, the raspberries and strawberries pun it is such a, it's so much better for you to have, like, I won't have biscuits in the house because I don't particularly like them, but I will eat all of them and so for me it's such a wasted calorie because cake i love cake so i feel like well i love cake that's an indulgence whereas biscuits it's just like wasted and i think a lot of us will just eat biscuits randomly it's like have the have the strawberries and raspberries as your treat because you know you're spending you'll probably end up spending more on packets of biscuits because they go quickly than you would if you got an extra punnet of strawberries with your order. Do you know what I mean? I'm the same. I love cherries. The one fruit that I would get a box of. Yeah. But I'm always like, oh no, they're four pounds. Yeah, and it's like, mm. yeah, they're not around all year. And suppose you they're... can the same way as clothes, quality over quantity. Quality of nutrition. Yes, that's what I was going to say. So, um, so rather than buying loads of cheap tags, work one good yeah, pair of and jeans, well, work, one good, one good steak you really like 
Yeah. So Joe and I would, you know, when, when Jack started eating proper food and artworks were changing and I had to sort of tighten our belts a bit with the food shop, I had to just be quite clever about it. And we made the decision and I was, you know, I would love to be a vegetarian. I'm not great about, you know, my son gets his fussiness from me. So I know that my diet is not great. Um, and I love bacon. Uh, you know, bacon and sausages. You know, pigs are my favourite. So I would love to be... Um, I would love to be a vegetarian, but I'm not. So what we now do is we get much more expensive, sadly, but we know where it's sourced from, ethical meat, and we have less of it. Yes. Um, so I was like, I'd actually just rather we had, you know, so I'll do a shop. I get it from, from our veg box delivery farm people. So I'm like, we'll have mince and we'll have a steak for me and Joe and some chicken. And I'll try and make lots of different things using that meat. But rather than getting like loads of random meat from the supermarket that's, who knows what kind of life the meat's had well, and and what's really interesting as well is food used to be a lot more expensive than it is now like i mean i'm talking way back yeah. years and years and years ago yeah like, I, I remember i can't this is not right so don't quote me on it but it's somewhere where, like it used to take up like a third of people's a massive chunk like probably than yeah. their month however their, their their money that they had available and i was listening to something on the radio um because now the government is getting behind like the whole try and lose weight for coronavirus you have a better outcome you know if, if, you, if you're obese you can have a worse outcome blah blah, blah. um mm. and someone was saying on the radio that food is relatively speaking to how it used to be a lot cheaper but it's also that thing that you can dial up or dial down as your bud as your budget dictates. So a lot of things yeah. in our budgets are quite static. Our mortgage, our rent, our our bills, our utility bills. But the one thing that we have can control is how much money we spend on the food shop. So you can have a really, if you need to, you can be really, you know, beans on toast or um, frozen food or you know, because that's generally cheaper than fresh. It just yeah yeah. And then if you, and so if people are tightening their belts, say they've been made redundant because of coronavirus or they're, they're, they're facing money troubles because of this whole situation, it's easier to pull the reins back on that budget for food. Yeah. And it's harder to eat. I don't care. I know, I know everyone goes, it's really easy to eat healthily on a budget. No, it's not. But only because if, the thing is, only if you have it, it equipment probably is. Time and the time. And if you have the, the time and you're not doing much else. Yeah. if you're exhausted and you've been working and you you know you've got kids or you've got emotional anything then those choices are really difficult and I have to say that every now and again my friend whose dog I'm looking after gets us HelloFresh and I get recrossed about HelloFresh because there's so much plastic mm. but then they do but they have worked out apparently that actually it's less waste than full-size products but anyway but what is so nice about it is that you don't have to choose mm. it's the choice and that is the problem with healthy eating is that it's like it's it's 
people will go, people are tired and they're emotionally drained and they're having to do a lot more than ever before. Their phones are on all the time. They're always accessible on email. Um, and making those choices is often just so much easier to make the wrong choice. Do you know what I mean? To make, take the easy route and be like, I'm going to have cheese on toast. Or stick a ready-made lasagna you know? rather than make a homemade lasagna. Yeah. And I think, I think that's what's always overlooked. And it's like, yes, of course, you can make lots of healthy stuff from scratch. And I actually think I need to, you know, what was really good for me was that at the beginning of the year, I vowed to do more batch cooking and I filled up the freezer just in time for coronavirus to arrive. So I had loads of stuff in the freezer that we could just defrost that was home cooked and nice. But I didn't keep it up because it's difficult. <laughs> it's yeah. difficult. And I think, I don't know, I, I, it's, it's a very hard way to, it's a very hard line to tread, isn't it? You have a takeout every Friday. Yeah. And I think well, that's probably, quite... Oh, I probably should. Oh. Well, yeah. well, no, but I think that's quite nice. I think it's quite... I think it's almost easier to eat better for the rest of the week. That's what we do. That's what we do. We're very... If you're like, that's my reward. That's my And trip. Plastic Gate. Do you remember Plastic Gate? Yeah, yeah. That was partly from you being like, I'm sick of them, of your kids coming home and just snacking the whole time. And it was a way to give them more healthy options. So instead of doing our positive for the week, Chippy, yeah. let's do your last supper. I have a real good positive for the week, though. Okay, let's do both. Okay. Oh, last supper? Yeah, what would you have? Oh. oh. Like, what would you have? What would you have? Yeah, you go. I have lobster. Yeah. Um, and then lobster, and then I'd have scallops with chorizo and pea puree. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd have a massive T-bone steak with macaroni cheese. Oh, nice and macaroni. Then I just have a cheese board. I wouldn't have any pudding. Hmm. I so I think oh it's very difficult because part of me is just like dominoes, pepperoni passion well part of me goes and Chinese it, yeah and then, but then I think steak and chips is pretty hard to beat but then what about a really well done fry up no yeah I love a fry up I think I'd have a really well done fry up Ooh, exactly to my field out of left yeah field. fried go egg go on fried egg crispy oscar mayo bacon right chipolata sausages yeah ketchup yeah bread toast and cold toast and butter possibly a few mushrooms but maybe not mm. yeah nothing okay. too i don't need the whole shebang i just need no pig scabs, no. I'd have to have scabs. hash browns. Hash browns are a prerequisite. Of but any. then steak, mac cheese on the side with your steak. Oh, pretty good. So what's your positive for the week? 
My positive for the week, because I would hate for an episode to go past without me mentioning ponies. Yeah. And I actually thought of you and the whole Life Laundry family yesterday. The laundrettes. I've caught, I've, I've the got laundrettes. The laundrettes. Yeah. Um, yesterday, as my kids had a riding lesson, which was very sweet, they had a riding lesson with their cousins. So there was five little boys on five fat ponies. Oh, and my like three-year-old, who was three in July, so a month ago, he was three, got did rising trot now i don't know yeah and he did it so well that he was showing the seven-year-olds how to do it and i was like that's my boy so i'm now on a one-woman mission to get the boy a pony i don't know how i'm gonna do it without you thieving but (laughs) rustle a horse i can rustle a horse Russell I was so impressed. He was just super confident and he totally got it and everyone was amazed. And they're like, is he three? And I was like, a month ago he was three. He's so that made that was and the fact that all of them got on it and did it and you know, obviously I loved it. I loved watching all of them. But it was just the fact that the baby got the rising drop was what's your what's your positive for the week? G Y M G Y M G Y M. How was the gym? Oh yeah, great. But that's not a positive. <laughs> the positive oh. is where we are. We have a super king size bed. Disgust. So, what I, size do you have at home? King. Is the super king noticeably better? Oh, it's longer. My feet don't stick off the edge. Right, mm. my feet stick off the edge of the normal bed. Plus. <laughs> Positive and a negative, as Mike pointed out. He said, I feel in a quandary. He said, I, I slept all night and I didn't touch you. He said, which part of me was thrilled about? He said, well, the other part of me was quite sad. He didn't say it like that. Yeah. It doesn't sound like Orville. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy being green. No, but yeah, it's just so, it's just amazing. That's my positive. I've got another five days in a king size, a super king. A super king size. I was thinking uh, literally like three months ago, were we idiots to not take the um, loft extension as a moment to get a super king bed? Because there are times when we have all three boys in and then it's a little bit squished. And then I thought, no, no, you'd have to change all your bedding and that's a faff. And there's not that much difference. But now you're here telling me there's a big difference. It's amazing. Mm. Oh. Noticeable difference. Would you upgrade the bed in the Bray household? Yes. Oh, even though you have to change all your bedding? Yeah. Oh, what about the duvet? I what actually really duvet? think we do have a super king size duvet. You think? Yeah, because so it's a, a normal duvet size. will sit. It's all washed off. So our bed is a king, so I'll buy king size bedding. Yeah. Yeah. But the duvet's too big for the sheets. Do you remember Simon? Do remember going live? We don't do duvets. Remember them? Swing your pants. No. No? Going live. Swing your pants. (laughs) Trevor Simon. We don't do duvets. You don't remember Trevor Simon? 
I do. It's. I mean, it's ringing a, a bell. We don't do duvets. They owned like a little fair, and they were going, "We don't do duvets." And every week, someone would go in and try and wash a duvet, and that was a line. We don't do duvets. It's ringing a bell, but also a memory of why I've chosen to blank it out. Right, <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we will speak to you all next week. Say goodbye, Chippy. Bye bye.